And I mean, take three is always a fucking charm, isn't it? Yes, it is. Especially on these episodes. All right. So we're going to start it over. Hell yeah. <laughs> this Cool. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of House Ho. It is your hostess, as always, Animoosh. And I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening. If you're listening or watching on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you choose to listen to this podcast, I, from the bottom of my silly little heart, uh, thank you so much for doing that. And if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Um, you can go ahead and give us a little subscribe, a follow, and then uh, if you listen to this episode and you like it, hey, maybe you'll be so bold as to give us a review. And by us, I mean me, because it's me, Ani. Hey, Moosh, what's going on, guys? I mean, I've tried to do like a, a podcast, like a solo podcast for a while, and this is by no means what this is going to be, but I did take a little summer break. Um, to gather things in my life. Uh, we did some moving. Um, we had some family stuff happening. And, you know, it's it's important to just take the time that you need. And I took that. So, you know, I told y'all I was going to be in a treehouse for the summer. And I was. And I am. And I continue to be. It was not in Costa Rica, <laughs> as I might have liked it to be. But I did do some traveling um, we were in the South for a little bit and that was very cool. And now I'm back. So I have all a bunch of episodes that I recorded, uh, in our previous studio at too much content. And I want to keep putting those out and I want to share those with you because they're fantastic episodes. Um, but I just wanted to catch up with y'all for a little bit. Um, if you've been listening, uh, the whole time, congratulations. You've been listening for uh, just about a year now. You've been listening to me ramble, uh, to myself and to my guests, and uh, hopefully you've been getting as much out of it as I am. I really love recording this podcast, and I hope to continue to. Um, it's so much fun, and it's been my accountability, which is, again, a theme of this podcast uh, in a lot of my projects, but particularly, as some of you know, my coloring book that I have been working on this whole time that I've been giving my report just weekly with you guys uh, on the process and all the progress of it. And hey, it's done. Guys, it's, it's it's actually done. It's done. It's available for order. If you go to animushmedia.com, it is there for you. It's also on Amazon if you just feel like getting it right away. Um, it's it's there. I still make money, but, I, you know, I'm your girl makes more money if you order from her website, animushmedia.com. And there you can also get the the candles that pair with each page, too. Um, so it kind of ties it all together. And I've just been trying a little bit relish in that. And I completed this project that I started a year ago. And man, I started, <sighs> I started so many projects at the same time a year ago. I started this podcast. I started, well... The idea for the, the coloring book had been going on for well over a year, but, you know, I really started working on it a year ago, and we started pod class, and um, part of my insanity in trying to start pod class and house ho at the same time, for those of you who don't know, pod class was a, a short series that Irish and I did on basically how to podcast, and um, I just... I wanted to try to take my own advice. So if I was just starting from scratch uh, and a new podcaster sort of uh, could I take that advice and could it be successful? And 
I mean, I've implemented my advice so far. Definitely can take more of my own advice. <laughs> um, but I'm sure we all can. And um, I just want to say thank you all for just encouraging me on this journey of this podcast. It's been so great to hear all of your feedback and uh, see the comments. And um, I've just loved every single person that I've talked to um, on this show. So without further ado, I would like to introduce uh, who this episode should be focused on. I, you know, I wore the banana hat, the banana bucket hat for a reason. I knew it was going to be a little bit blah, blah, blah today, but you know, you know how I do with my bucket hats. Without further ado, <laughs> uh, I would like to introduce today's guest, the one of the hosts of the Top 9 podcast. She is the reason why the Stands Comedy Club in New York City is running the way that it's running. Uh, and she is a gorgeous, beautiful friend. She is the voice of God, and her name is Adele Carollo, and I would like to introduce you to her today. I hope you enjoy the episode. You seem to have forgotten that I am a woman. La, 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 la. All right, everybody, welcome back. Uh, we are back here another week at House Ho. I am your host, Ani Moosh, and I am here joined with the wonderful, oh, always you. beautiful, very peppy and hilarious Adele Carollo. Thank you very thank you. much for joining us today. Thank you. My first time as a guest on a podcast. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. I've actually had so, I've had, out, out of the 27 episodes that we've done, I've had quite a few first-time guests on a podcast. Yeah, first-time guests. I've never heard myself introduced. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> Welcome. Uh, Adele and I met, I would say, I think it's probably been about a year or a little bit more ago. Um, you're the manager at The Stand yes. Comedy Club. Yes, yes. Um, where Irish and I frequent often. Um, it is one of our favorite places in the city. So definitely, if you're ever in New York, go check that out. Yes. Um, and Adele is also the host of a very awesome podcast, Top Nine. Yes, with Tom Cassidy. Yes. Very and we were listening to that today and I was cracking up. Good, good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's my thing outside of the stand. The stand kind of identifies who I am, which I love because mm -hmm. I'm, it's my pride and joy. I, yeah. love, I love the space. I love the community of people that come watch shows. Of yeah. course, I love the comics yeah. um, and my friendships that have just come from, from that, you know, position are just yeah. so valuable and I, I'm so grateful but the podcast is something separate from that yeah. which is great uh, it scratches my creative itch so to speak and you get to hear your opinions you know like sure. and like the little like jabs that you like kind of Put plug in there. I was I, we were listening to the uh, Brendan Sagalo uh, episode. Okay, yeah, <laughs> top nine fat, top fat guys, yeah, fat icons, which was hilarious. Yeah, so part of the fun <laughs> is seeing what people choose for yeah. their topic. Oh, you so you allow people to choose their topic? Sure, yeah, oh yeah. Oh my god, and amazing! That's fun when they finally hit me with that text. Like I'm gonna do uh, like Mark Norman's like top nine nicknames for vagina. I'm like, of course you are gonna do that topic. <laughs> yes, let's go. That's awesome. Uh, Julio Gallerati, who you had on yes. did a uh, top nine uh childhood movies oh my god and we're yes. around the same age so that was fun mm -hmm. and nostalgic but that's his personality to like that's get awesome. into like some nostalgia and yeah. family and super italian and we had fun there yes but, yeah seeing what people pick is part of the fun i love that the nostalgia element is like so that's been such kind of like a common theme in my life lately i don't know if it's just i turned 30 in april it um, feels good it feels good like having that like a little nostalgia in your life like yeah. a little like kiss of it yeah, it's, it's beautiful soothing. yeah self, self 
soothing. Yeah. I would say. Uh, it's helpful to like reminisce about better times, especially when you're under a lot of pressure. And yeah. Stress. I, like a little side about nostalgia. I had uh, Lori Friedlander on our, in my podcast a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about I make candles also. Okay. And um, a, sort of like a theme that I realized as we were talking about like my candles is that I try to create nostalgia through smell. Okay. And like. Like she smelled one of my candles that reminded of like a summer of 1995. And like, I just love like whatever is like anyone's passion or art that can like take you to a place I think is so cool and like amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's cool to like see how you have that effect on other people. Um, And I'm sure you see that all the time because you're witnessing comedy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Watching comedy is definitely a perk of the job. Right. But I know that you have a little bit of a history with comedy before the stand. So I was wondering if we could get into that a little bit. If you'd sure. tell us sort of your origin of like, how did comedy come into your life? Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, about two years before the stand opened is when I started in comedy. What year is this? 2010. Okay, 2010. And what was happening uh, in your life? From 20. 20- 2005 to 2010, I was the ultimate cliche and aspiring actress in New York City. Okay. Um, I'm from Queens, uh, but I always had my sights set on the entertainment business and mm-hmm. living in the city and doing that audition circuit racket. Mostly I was taking acting classes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would take a class once a week for five hours, and I really thought I was <laughs> giving it a go. <laughs> and I would cocktail waitress for money and make a shit ton mm-hmm. of money. And it was, uh, I worked four days three days a week and the one day of acting school so yeah. that was a full week yeah. in your 20s like that was good I was mm-hmm. good I had a boyfriend and we just hung Living out in the dream just it in New York <laughs> it was the best yeah. uh, it was a fun time but then you know I'm hitting 29 about to 30 I'm like mm-hmm. oh, let me try something else yeah um, and uh, how did I find out about okay oh, I'm like really going back <laughs> So because I was doing that, I was uh, introduced to Paul Italia, the owner. Okay. Uh, she was, he, he's with the girl for a very long time, engaged. They're very happy. But this is before her time. They were on a date. We are at a club. And yeah. my girlfriend was on a date with Paul, yeah. to be clear. And she's drunk and she's going to him. You manage uh, comedians. Help her. Help her. Help her. Like all drunk and like nudging <laughs> his shoulder. He's like, oh, you know, awkwardly. Uh, do you do comedy? I was like, no. <laughs> Acting. And he's like, all right. Well, if you ever write a set, mm-hmm. let me know. I'll, I'll be interested. L- let me know. And then okay. he left it at that. But that planted a seed in my head. I was like, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. So I wrote a set. Mm-hmm. And then I got his number. And I was like, I, I'm, I have a set. I'm ready. He's like, okay. Let me know where you're performing. And I'll come check <laughs> it out. <laughs> I was like, oh, bet, cool, no doubt, you're not going to do it all for me. Perfect, got it, nailed it, be right back. Uh, I was so oblivious, I just thought everything would be handed to me on a platter. What's so hard, right, getting on a show in New York City? Writing is it, got this, be back Wednesday. (laughs) That's really kind of what I did. Um, So I was like, where can I do this? And my friends worked uh, for this guy, Eddie, Mm -hmm. who owned a few bars in the city. Opal was one, Village Lantern was another. And I would go to her bar, but I would always remember my peripheral seeing comedy club with like arrows going downstairs. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Eddie. And Eddie always had a crush on me. Yeah. So I Uh hit up Eddie. (laughs) I was like, Eddie, Eddie, I need 
seven minutes on the lineup on Saturday night. And yeah. he's like, what? You're too hot to be a comic. And I was like, not now, Eddie. In my life. <laughs> <laughs> not now, Eddie. Focus. Can I do it? And it happened to me on my birthday, too. Amazing. So I, when friends were like, what are you doing for your birthday? I was like, come to this comedy show. Come yes. to this comedy show. I'm performing. I had like 20 people there. Mm-hmm. My little brother said that he sat in the audience. And when it sunk in that I was performing, he said he was panicking. Oh, my God. He's like, I thought you were some stupid fucking play or some fucking shit or watching somebody in your class do stand up. When I realized you were doing this for the first time in front of all of us, I was going to fucking kill you. I was, oh my God. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's the problem? What did you talk about? Like, did you talk about him during your set or something? No, no. Just trying stand up for the first yeah, yeah. time mm-hmm. in front of people that matter and count. Yeah. yeah. Like, what's what? That's fucking ballsy. That's yeah. fucking insane. But I had like no fear, and I think that was part of it. I wasn't afraid yet. Yes, of course, I couldn't catch my breath when I first got up there. But up until I got up there, I was like, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, so I got the, the spot. I told friends to come for my birthday. It's Paul. Mm-hmm. I got in touch with him, and I said, come. He double parked at a hydrant and came to the show. Yes. And I held my own. That's awesome. I held my own. I got a few laughs. Yes. And then afterwards, he said to me, you mean to tell me that was your first time doing stand-up? I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, all right, keep at it uh, and be in touch. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. And then I found out about a bringer show at Broadway Comedy Club. Uh, New York's best comedian, a best new comic, gets two spots a week for three months. Oh, that shit. was the prize. Okay. And going back to aspiring actress for five years, my friends and family were just so eager to see me do anything. Mm-hmm. So as, if I told them I was doing something, they showed up in droves. And the nice. <laughs> That's so supportive and awesome. Oh, th- from Jersey to Queens, That's Westchester, amazing. they came. Oh, um, great. And the winner was determined by an applause meter. Oh, so shit. I fucking, <laughs> I fucking won that yes. show. <laughs> yes! So not only won, but I also didn't fail. I, like, held my own. Yeah. There might have been some, uh, one person who should have gotten it, yeah. to, if I'm being honest with myself. But I held my own. It wasn't, like, like a like a steal. That's I didn't so steal it. I cool. won it. And then the, the guy who ran the contest, I started showing up for them, mm-hmm. my, my prize. Yeah. And he said to me, you're the only one who's ever won this and shows up for their spots. What? I was like, I was like what? I w- I, yes, that's how I felt. Like, I was like, who, who's not cashing in? Yeah, in New York City. In New York City, twice a week. For five minutes, you got a spot, like, brand new to comedy. Like, not, I don't know, if my, you're not paying to do it. Like, yeah. take it, cash it in. But he what said that people, I don't know, it's kind of like their make-a-wish moment. They do the contest, and then they really don't. A lot of times you find out people really don't want their dreams. Yeah. What they're asking or for. Or that they're not, like, willing to actually not, yeah. put in the work for it. You know what so, I mean? so, everything is hard. Anything worth getting is really difficult. Absolutely. So, I feel like when people realize what it is, they kind of back out. Yeah, I'm actually I'm very happy that you said that because we were talking a little bit before this and like I talk a lot about accountability on this podcast, yeah. you know, so that I mean, that is huge. And we we've, I feel like we talk about this offline like all the time too. just having if you have an opportunity to like use your voice somewhere and then you don't show up or take it seriously. Why would anybody else take you seriously? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like prime example like you took the direction you did the thing and you followed through with it and then even after that you continued on with it and it's so funny how many people trickle off Mm -hmm. in in any of those steps and like but they're so like full force and like boasting about like i'm gonna do this thing well like 
Yeah. Fucking do it. My kind of theme is always, but that's why I don't, I don't even say I'm going to do some things. Because if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I don't want to half-ass do it. I'd rather not do it at all. Yeah. That's how I am with a lot of things. But that causes procrastination and like not like doing yeah. some things because it's not going to be exactly the way I want it. It's part <laughs> of the reason I started this podcast, <laughs> honestly. like I, we, we moved to New York and I've been doing art my entire life. And I've been painting my entire life. But where I wanted to be like as an artist I needed to take myself more seriously and then like coming to New York you learn that like you need to know what you want when you want it because everything's moving all the time super fast and no one remembers anything that you're doing a recent (laughs) conversation I had with my boss uh was you don't you can't get what you want until you know what you want and then you can't ask for what you want and like, he's like all right what do you want <laughs> <laughs> and I like hit him with what I want but yeah you got to know what you want and yeah. ask for it yeah totally absolutely it's crazy it's crazy sorry I interrupted what you're saying no so yeah. uh the bark uh so after that was barking because I won the contest three months was up I didn't want to stop caught the bug and he's like you can bark in Times Square if you want and if you sell two tickets you get five minutes on stage. No, four. Four. They were, I had to give them back $10, and they were $20 tickets. Okay. Uh, and I did it for a while. I would stand in Times Square, and I'm like, you know, comedy, comedy, and I, I would sell a few, but I mentioned making a lot of money and my having a boyfriend, so half the time I would give him $40 <laughs> at the end. Like, be out there for like an hour and a half and be like, sold four, sold yeah. four, and sometimes my boyfriend would give it to me, or I would just be like, I had a good week, and I'd just pay for the tickets oh my God. and get my five minutes, and that would be my, like, performance for the week oh my god scratch my itch as i mentioned uh needing to do and then he's like you always sell just four tickets you know it's like yep that's it just four and he's like why don't you work at the front and do the box office direct traffic because broadway comedy club if you remember has a ground level Mm -hmm. and then a downstairs so people often come up where am i going what am i doing yeah so i would check them in he's like you could work all night eight hour shift but i get on three shows okay so i did that on friday and saturday for like two years that's fun. <laughs> this is a good deal that's <laughs> happening right now. And honestly, yeah. there there are some. I like we said we're not gonna name names, but I just have people in my mind <laughs> that I'm like, I swear to God, like they told me they had this opportunity and like take it. Like yeah. if anybody, I, I'm just thinking of people right now that like <laughs> let that kind of thing go, and it's bananas. Yeah, you, you can't let it pass by because the way it just developed into the next thing for mm-hmm. me, like I would it would have been left behind. And people watch you take the opportunity yeah and how seriously you take it oh my it. god the comics table the first couple times i showed up on that contest prize mm-hmm. i would just sit around and be like what's up what's up what's up what's up <laughs> and they're just like who are you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how are you here they like hated the contest winners yep. like it was they were just very clicky but I, because i kept showing up every week twice a week and then i barked on times square and then i froze my ass off yeah and walked inside to do a set i eventually became friends with these comics oh yeah that's kind of where it started. Yeah. They want to, like, see that you're, like, doing the thing that they're doing. Yeah. And then you give a shit about it as much as they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you respect what they're doing up there by showing up. And yeah. Trying and failing. And, you know, but it was fun. I, I co-hosted an open mic with Crit and Fisher. Oh, uh, fun. That was, like, the beginnings. And then um, going back to Paul Italia, at this point, he opened up the stand. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few months into them opening, I, I was Halloween time. It was October. And I had a pumpkin. I went there as a housewarming, like a business nice. warming present. Yeah. And sat at the bar to meet Paul. In the meantime, Dave Kimowitz, RIP, he came up to me and was like, is that pumpkin for us? And Aww. I was like, actually, it is. And I introduced myself. And I met his wife, Laura. 
and we clicked and then Paul comes over and you know pulls over Christine actually she's like he, he's a good Dell's gonna start hostessing for us and working here like Amazing. get our information because after a little bit of chatting he's like don't work at Broadway Comedy Club work here and yeah. I was like well I'm working for spots you yeah. know like I'm not really working there but he's like that place stinks come work at the stand and I was like alright so I started hostessing at the stand okay. uh, bartending mm-hmm. too because I had some experience in that mm-hmm. slash they needed it yeah so I was doing both, but I was still doing comedy. I remember working brunch shifts for the stands, bartending, and then I would leave and do my shift at Broadway. Yeah. And that was kind of my hustle for a little bit. And then um, they asked me to be the assistant manager at the stand. Mm-hmm. And I I knew what it meant. It was like making a choice. And I decided, and it's funny because I was going to quit that day. Um, really? I did, yeah, I was going to so quit funny. that day and th- I was planning on it and I was going to go to Florida and stay with my friend in Miami for uh, however long. However yeah. long. I had just gone through a breakup I after being with him for 10 years. So Oof. I was like a neighborhood person, uh, cro- yeah. cross contamination with all of our friends. Yeah. I was like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to my, you know, Miami. I'm, going, I'm doing this. So the day I was quitting, the general manager at the time, it, came up to me she's like we want to offer you an assistant manager job and I'm like like people pleasing caught off guard I was like yes oh yes I'll try and then five minutes later I was like and I went went back up to her I was like "Uh, I was gonna quit today and she's (laughs) like what I was like I I I was just I was just quitting a hostess bartending job (laughs) (laughs) so give me that like I didn't think I was turning down a a position But I was literally going to quit today. Oh, my God. What a conundrum. (laughs) So Paul was like, the owner was like, still go to Florida. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Yeah. And let us know. So I did some soul searching in Florida and realized, and I was turning 30, and I just collapsed under the pressure of needing to be on a path where it's more stable and career-centric. And I thought that it was still part of the process of stand-up comedy producing shows facilitating them being around the comics i still felt that i was a part of live entertainment um and i said yes i came back from florida and i was like i'll i'll be your assistant manager yeah and i did that in a combination of them thinking i did a good job at that and them not liking their gm (laughs) at all uh they were like you're the gm like literally three months later maybe my god and i remember pulling paul aside because he was a friend first i said paul i don't know what i'm doing i don't think you should do this it's a lot of smoke and mirrors you are fucking handing over something that i don't know how to how to do you know a job that i don't know how to do and he was like listen we're new business owners you're a new manager we'll afford you the learning Mm -hmm. curve yeah Uh, we just ask that you don't make the same mistakes but we expect you to make mistakes just like we're going to yeah just learn from them this is your next seven minute set (laughs) (laughs) i was like all right let's do this yeah and then i i I stopped doing comedy i stopped doing comedy yeah and that was 10 years ago. Wow. Do you miss it at all? Um, no. Not in that same way. Not in the same way, but I do think about it sometimes. Yeah. I totally wouldn't have been famous. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're famous like in your own right here. No, I mean like the people that have succeeded that I started off with. Yeah. Not naming names. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I feel like I was so much funnier. <laughs> And if I would have kept doing it and practicing and, like, writing and, like, 10 years into it, forget about it. I, like, I had, like, that same itch. Because I was telling you before, this is sort of how we met. We met at an open mic. Like, you know, so I was, I went through a breakup and, like, comedy helped me through it and all the things. And then we moved here 
and I did two open mics okay. <laughs> during COVID. So like, it's not, it was not the same. Um, but I chose like this, okay. all of this, uh, and putting my like time and effort into that. Um, but still like, I'll still like write sometimes or like have funny, like little ideas and like try to think of different ways that I can incorporate that. But sure. like, I think humor has always been part of like my expression in any way. So like, I, sure. I always want to integrate it in some way. Sure. Do you feel like, do you feel like even before, like when you were doing acting, starting off, like, did you have a role in mind? Like, did you think you were going to do something comedy driven or like more serious or, you know, Drama was my jam. Hell yeah, yeah. Drama was my jam. <laughs> I remember acting classes, we'd cry, and I would make a puddle on the floor. Oh like my a God. literal puddle yeah. that I would sop up with my sock, like oh my foot, my like after the scene. Like, I remember that distinctly. You're like, oh shit. Um, wow. Yeah, so drama was my jam. I thought I was going to like tell other people's stories. And that's mm -hmm. the one part about comedy I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't like that it was Adele Carollo up there. Mm -hmm. I didn't like telling my story. I will. Yeah. I'll tell an exaggerated story about my life and make you laugh and make fun of myself and get, you know, get into it about relatable things uh, and be me up there. But I much prefer to tell someone else's story and really? wear like a prosthetic nose. And yeah. Just fucking. That's awesome, though. In. That's that awesome. Was, that, that's what I saw for myself, uh, you know, if it was the dream yeah. early on. But. You could like, I don't know, integrate some kind of character, I'm sure, <laughs> until have a top nine characters that Adele would do <laughs> or something like that. Oh, my God. I have this one uh, <laughs> picture of myself as a, a Shakespearean character as a man. Yeah. And my little brother will send it to me periodically and write, never forget. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's like so mortifying. Oh, my God. It literally like belongs in a vault and he like slow he like shows me like i i could always put this on that's so amazing <laughs> like, Please, no. i i remember in seventh grade um we every seventh grader had to do midsummer night stream as a play like it was part of the curriculum um but you got to sort of like half try out or whatever for whatever part you wanted okay so i wanted puck um i don't know if you're familiar or remember <laughs> any of this thing but puck was like this little like mischievous fairy it was like the co comedic relief in the play gotcha. and puck had a monologue <laughs> so like when i really sat and thought i'm like how long has comedy just like been in my wanting to do this like yeah. that felt so good that doing punchline moment yeah like, just yeah. like i memorized all this funny stuff and here it is for you and that i'm kind of just like thinking of what character I related <laughs> to and like something that's crazy and dramatic. But um, I loved that. That was so much fun for me, like doing drama as a kid, too. Yeah. Did yeah. you do that your whole life? No, I was uh, a late bloomer, painfully shy. Like I was for so long too afraid to admit I wanted to be an actress. Like wow. I was like embarrassed of that. Like yeah. I always felt like uh, a little conceited. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. I'm like saying it out loud and realizing that's what held me back for so long. I was like not ready to like say that I wanted it. Yeah. And then once high school was done and I was, you know, living in the city on my own and like trying to do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I started doing 
acting. Yeah. It's like me time for me That's to like awesome. make stuff happen. Yeah. That's um, cool. you know, with joking and joke, uh, sen- having a good sense of humor, I definitely get that from my father. Yeah. Uh, he passed away 13 years ago, but left a huge impression on me mm-hmm. in, even in my adulthood because he was the jokester and he would tell jokes to his friends in Italian. And I don't speak Italian fluently enough to get a punchline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it was the humor that I wouldn't get anyway. Yeah. But I remember at being little and that moment the punchline hit and everyone would laugh yeah. in the room. I would start laughing because laughter is contagious like that. You mm-hmm. literally don't even need to know what you're laughing at and That's you can start true. laughing. And he was the jokester. Like people would like spit, like laughing, <laughs> like, hold, like hold their bellies laugh. And I remember, remember like looking around looking and looking at how happy that's they were so impressionable and that's uh that's who he was he was like the jokester yeah. of his crew and i th- i like to think that he's looking down on me like laughing at my life like it yes. literally watching me and in, in by default watching comedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. and he loves it yeah he's that's cracking awesome. up <laughs> i um I want to talk a little bit about like comedy and accountability for a second because we were talking about the opportunities that you fully took advantage of and yeah. like really just went head first. When you see, I mean, you see comics all the time like go in and out. Like, what kind of advice, not advice, but like what kind of direction do you feel like you want to maybe like spit out there? Like, be accountable for your actions like take advantage of opportunities like don't hold yourself back because i do feel like a lot of people in this industry at their core are shy yeah you know or like are afraid to say like i am a comedian i can i have five minutes or like whatever can i be mm-hmm. on your podcast or yeah something like that like um what advice do you think like um, give them. You know, people have asked me in the past for advice, and I say I don't. I give one piece of advice mm-hmm. to show up and watch comedy. Yeah. You got to watch as much comedy as you can. And that's an opportunity that's, for the most part, free and available to you every single night because mm-hmm. we at the stand have an open door policy. If, you, if there are seats and we can't sell them, it's not sold out, you are welcome to that seat. Oh, and it's wow. A comic. Yeah, it's I actually didn't even know that. Yeah, open door policy. Yeah, 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 yeah. If we have the space, and like we even allow for people to stand sometimes, but if it's sold out and packed, like in, interrupt service, I'll, I'll kick them out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry in advance. That's uh, okay. That's part of your accountability, yeah. right? Like making sure this show goes smoothly and... Totally. But if you're able to and you can grab a seat watch watch the pros do what you want to do yeah watch the pros handle the same joke differently mm-hmm. in different shows if they use it if they throw it away for a set depending on the audience depending on how much time they have yeah all these things like study it like yeah. it's a it's a class i'm such a big proponent of that like even just watching specials like old comedy or like documentaries on comedians or that like too. writers yeah, that counts um sure are there any like actually uh, let me ask you this, are there any writers that you sort of admire um i mean or just that you know let work on projects and you're like this person worked on this project i know they're awesome and they're a good writer you should look out for what they I mean do. they're all the comics that i i know i know you didn't want to name names this yeah. is me asking you to name <laughs> names sorry <laughs> i'll go past that one <laughs> you're like who's the best writer <laughs> no I, what i mean what i mean is like i mean when you see pe- people putting in reps yeah you know um it just makes an impression and yeah. like i i uh, we take note of that often and i know that when you're in that environment it's just something that like you said observe the people who are there all yeah. the time um and for a manager i notice 
when people put in that time and energy and like are focused and show up and watch and stay out of the way and yeah um, tip the servers, you yeah. know, even if they nice get to water, staff. <laughs> nice to staff, yeah. like stuff like that is noticeable. So yeah, just show up. Yeah. And, and then it's like you get on the radar cause you're literally in my face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, I think this is actually probably a good, Ooh, this is a good time for me to do my r- little report on my art and things okay. like that. So everybody, uh, I've been recording episodes a little bit closer to each other. So I usually do like a weekly report, but this is a little bit more accelerated for me. So I've been designing an adult coloring book. Nice. And I, dude, it, this episode comes out after uh, June 30th. So it will be done by then because my goal was to get it done by then. And it's Woo-hoo. on track. Yay. And I know I say that every episode, but like it's good to keep on track, right? This is where I'm supposed to be accountable. I, po- I post <laughs> on my Instagram stories for accountability. Yeah. When I'm doing like a 30 day challenge, I'm literally like day one, day two, day three. If you don't see me post, I'm not doing it. You know, maybe <laughs> I should just literally do that because I have been better about posting like the actual pages and things like that and just kind of exposing what the project is a yeah. little bit more. Um, but I have been kind of also uh, been a little bit focused on um, doing more individual uh, process like project so just know that I've been kind of trying to come up with a little set uh, for that to make it easier so it's like more behind the scenes things because I've been asked about that a ton and like I'll just show the finished product and that's <laughs> apparently not enough for everybody <laughs> but I guess like you know you can show your process a little bit more so I am like that's where I'm shy yeah. like I <laughs> this is gonna sound weird but like when I'm painting or like when I'm doing anything creative, it feels like if you're watching me, it's like you're watching me masturbate. You know what I mean? Like it's I very. I understand that. It's very personal to me, and like it, I make things out of the mistakes that I think I'm making okay. on the canvas, and like that I get self-conscious about that. So I'm trying to be a little bit better about letting go of that because who fucking cares yeah yeah <laughs> no one knows that i made a mistake except yeah, for me and their opinion literally doesn't, doesn't matter. matter literally doesn't matter and like if i don't care anyways then why and chances are they're like "Ooh, ah they love right. it anything you do they're just like i can't do that when i see somebody draw something like literally anything and i'm like wow yeah i can't imagine making a smiley face <laughs> <laughs> it, so, like that's kudos it, it, like it's a blob until it's not a blob and that you know whatever it 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 be it's very precious but i'm trying to be less precious with it because if i want more people to see it then you have to involve people uh, in it i'll just do your coloring book yeah (laughs) i can handle that (laughs) give me some markers hell yeah tell me the rules there's no rules (laughs) there's no rules stay in the lines that's about it yeah (laughs) i mean like the the fun part that i think about each page is there's sort of like a mantra or like a thing that I want you to think about on each page and it corresponds with like the back of a postcard that I've written to that page okay, (laughs) kind of thing Um, and it takes you over like the course of like a year and like a journey and um, hopefully we'll get you through sort of like any creative blockages and things like that so that's nice that's been my intention is is very zen it's very like it's a it's an easy thing moment. to do. And like, um, I'm a big like meditation like person and I try I to have wanna be, I wish I was. <laughs> I try to have it I try to have a little slice of that during the day 
every day at the beginning. So I'll wake up and the first I won't answer anybody until 1030. Okay. <laughs> and during that time from when I'm up until then, I will try to do yoga. I will try to do one small creative thing for myself or give myself like a break to wake up and not like jump into the day because I have a million things to do all the time and I'm responsible for all kinds of shit every single day. But if like you don't have that little slice, a sliver of heaven, then like what are you fucking waking up for? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I gotta so. get better. I wish I was better at meditating. I, I've tried, but it I feels like I'm trying so hard every time I do it. I suggested um Sarah Beth Yoga on YouTube to me okay. once. And she has a couple of different playlists that are different like lengths. So she'll have like a ten minute of whatever yoga and like that's a breeze. I can do 10 minutes of yoga like in the morning. Fine. You know, but what I like about her is that she has you know, yoga for anger, yoga for grief, okay. yoga for like back pain or like whatever. And they, she has like 10 to 15 to 20 minute ones. And like, it kind of helps you like ease in. So uh, not jumping in totally like cannonballing, but like easing in, I find is a lot. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah. yeah. Setting maybe like a five minute timer. I love yeah. a yoga class. I love a hot yoga class. Me too. Um, I got like weird, weird about it in COVID about going to yoga classes. So I started doing it at home. Okay. You can't do hot yoga at no. home. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> hot yoga is the shit because you finish and you're just like, I am a fucking warrior. Yeah, I'm a new human. <laughs> I fucking did that <laughs> shit. It's so fucking hard. Yeah. That when you finish, you just feel so accomplished. Yeah. This is my favorite. What is another thing, not exercise, that you did that's really hard, that you felt good when you finished it? Opening up this fucking club, pulling off nine <laughs> shows <yeah>. a night, <laughs> three ring circus, like literally three stages, nine shows, one of the, I'm introducing every one of them. I know it's that's not like a chip of the iceberg Still, what i do but yeah. uh, like it's just crazy yeah. like the hustle of it so and uh, day night after night is the fucking craziest part that yeah. i'm doing it over and over again i don't know how you don't get tired i'm so <laughs> tired i'm so tired and i feel like i'm like teetering on the other side tired yeah but the uh, like hope is near type of like me and Nona are on the same page mm -hmm. about the future for me but I'm still in it man yeah. I'm still putting in that work but I'm hoping the next 10 I've done 10 a 10 year bid I'm hoping the next 10 will be a little bit easier yeah and it should be right you you lay the groundwork and you work real hard and that's really what I've been up to the last 10 years just putting my head down work really hard so much so that I don't look around and realize what I've done or we, yeah. we've done it as a club and the home we've made for so many comedians and Dave Chappelle's a huge fan of my club. It's like, what the fuck? Your club is, I talk so highly of oh, your club. Thank you. Like, it is our favorite place to go. Good. <laughs> like, honestly, like, it Good. is, it is so welcoming. You guys have amazing food, which is so unheard of for a comedy club. It doesn't exist. It, ju it just doesn't. It just doesn't. And, like, to do it in New York is a big deal. And, like, when you're doing it over and over and over again, especially you're from New York, so you're probably even more like, yeah. this is, this is the way it is, but... Like, no. when you come in from outside, like, it's a, it's people was, notice uh, that. I went on, like, three dates with this guy from uh, Hinge, and he was from Italy. Yeah. And he was, like, very matter-of-factly, he's like, so you run the best club in New York City, so more or less you run the best club in the country, because mm -hmm. what else? And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally, <laughs> Francesco. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Talk about not dropping names. <laughs> 
<laughs> Seriously, I was so pumped. I was like, that's yeah. a great review. I was like, I, I want to see it in, from your point of view. Mm-hmm. But yeah, keep my head down, work real hard. And I mean, like, you ca- nothing happens overnight. And I would like anything good at least takes 10 years. I know. Comic, artist, club, comic anything. for sure. And uh, some of the newer comics that have been in it less time, because I've, I've watched people get so much better, like light years away. And not to say they were bad. No one's bad if, you know, you're, you're a working comic in New York City. I, I, my sense of humor, like my threshold, I'm very easy to please, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Like, I think everything is funny. I even think bombing is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, I, these people are talented, but it's, they're still new. Yeah. And you can't really be that good until you're that good. Yeah. Uh, so that goes back to watching comedy, watching the yeah. vets do it, the OGs get up there, handle it the way they do acting like it's the first time they've ever said it out loud meanwhile like uh, you know what the punchline is yeah as a as a person behind the scenes yeah Yeah. it must be so cool just to see people like blossom over time yes early development is one of the my favorite parts of my job yeah watching them i feel like the stand does a really good job with like uh, giving like opportunity and harnessing that, you know what I mean? 100%. Over a 100%. lot of other clubs, which are also great clubs, but like with young talent, like they're really able to like learn and grow there in their space. Absolutely. That, that uh, you never know who's going to be the next household name. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves respect and and to be treated well, uh, mm-hmm. even at the newer level. And that's always been our approach. We don't wait for them to be rich and famous yeah. to, to be comforting and yeah. You know, I like to foster a good creative workspace, you know, for them. Absolutely. So making them feel like they belong there. You know, other clubs, they literally have an intimidation tactic about it. Like you can't sit here vibe. Um, It's like, like wouldn't you want to have somewhere where people uh, feel they've already comics don't feel comfortable anyway. (laughs) You know what I mean? So like, that's part (laughs) of the hazing man. It's like they make, they make these like monsters. Yeah. you know, the business is tough, too. So maybe they have the right. Maybe I'm fucking coddling these people. <laughs> maybe that's why they think they're so good after five years. It's fucking my fault. <laughs> they're fucking like, yeah, I got passed at the stand. I could do it all. Who knows? I, I think th- it's a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure they, they get it from like also. It's like coming home. Like you feel more yeah. loose and you feel more comfortable, yeah. you know. No. So that's a good thing. You no know? regrets. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. I'm glad that that's our vibe. Have you seen, without naming names, but have you seen people like sort of come into comedy and then take a little break and then come back in like full force? Or does that not really happen? <sighs> doesn't really happen yeah. i'm waiting for judah to come back and do live comedy he's been doing his zoom shows mm-hmm. i think he can come back whenever he wants mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll we'll clip this and send it to me <laughs> <laughs> this is, he'll, he's an exception to the rule yeah. get back on stage um but yeah especially if you 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 leave before your time or mm-hmm. you hit probably chances yeah you you, you went with plan b yeah and uh, you know you don't see them again yeah but i'm trying to think if anyone came back I mean, because I think you can be an important person in comedy without being a stand-up comic. You know what I mean? Like, yourself included. You know what I mean? Like, Foster. I mean, that's really what it is. Outside of the comics, then it's like the people who run the clubs. You know what? That's the the next round or equally as important group of people. Um, so I commend you for everything thank that you're you. doing. Thank <laughs> you. The cute like mentions like that, like thank you f- for running the club. Like the thanks I get mm-hmm. is 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 really heartwarming from hearing it from comics because you can tell they just like 
they love what they do and they're just happy to find a way to do it. It regularly. overflows to everybody else no. too. I mean, like we're we we don't stand on stage anymore or anything, but like even any time that we've come, we've been felt to be like this is home and you know like very Good. comfortable and. Um, I love that we do free shows on Monday uh, for comedy fans. Yeah. We've always been about the cause. Comedy is the remedy vibe. Yeah. Um, uh, It'll heal us all. Yeah, (laughs) it really will. And it, like, helped me through that breakup 10 years, you know, ago. And I would, like, tuck now, even now when I'm in a funk, I sit and tuck into the showroom and I watch and I just laugh, and the serotonin rush is real, man. Yeah, it fucking works. Yeah, like a charm. Who it, needs antidepressants? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a year of my life where I had—I'm not joking—like on repeat, just either comedy or podcast or something comedy related to get me through depression. And like until I found like a way to channel that in another way. And like I can't thank comedy as a thing, <laughs> you know, like enough for giving me that, but. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I still feel a part of it. Even though I stopped getting on the stage, I still feel like I'm making it happen in, totally. in my own way. And I enjoy my job. It's pretty stressful, but I enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and if everything good, like, comes with stress, you know? But, um, mm. actually with that, since we'll do our little, like, manifesting time, I think it's, like, getting close to that time anyways. But is there anything that you want to put out there into the world of, like, you want to be accountable for or you want to start a project or something that you want? I want to focus more on my personal life. Okay. Yeah, I'm so Good. such a workhorse. <laughs> I'm so dedicated to my job that it's kind of, like I mentioned in the beginning, like, identified who I am, and yeah. I'm, I'm looking for that next chapter of mm. just kind of, like, have something else to focus on besides the club. Yeah. Yeah. Any so ideas love. in mind? I guess, <laughs> I guess I'm manifesting love. Yes. Yes. Tale as old as time. Mm-hmm. Bring me love. Hell yeah. <laughs> I th- Dude, you have to put it here, right here, and just okay. like in your third eye, and then it'll come. Okay. <laughs> Let's That's go. what I believe. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, do I need a rock, a stone, yeah. a crystal? What I don't I go as far start? as crystals. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know nothing of the world. I know I'm in my bubble. I live on planet stand. I am ruler yeah. and queen, but that's like It's it. a great planet, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to ours. Uh, yeah. Um, amazing. Well, where we'll talk a little bit more about Top Nine, but where else can people find you and listen to your podcast? Yes, uh, please. Uh, Top Nine Podcast. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. I love reading the comments I, for now. <laughs> uh, some comics have told me they turn. <laughs> I'm like, what? Ah, they're what? so sweet. <laughs> Apparently. Can get, uh, oh comments could be not fun, but for now I'm enjoying my comments. Good, good, so good. say hello, <laughs> <Keep them up>. <laughs> <comments>. <laughs> top nine podcast. Yeah. yeah, every week we have a new guest. They he or she chooses a topic uh, of their interest and rates their top nine. Cool. So it's always different. It's always fun comedy podcast. We have a good time. Yes. And then I'm on Instagram Adele underscore Carollo. Couple thirst traps in my stories every <laughs> now and again. My uh, my ex tells me that I uh, thirst trap with my face. <laughs> He's like, you don't even fucking show your fucking body. I I see you fucking thirst trapping with your face. So I was like, whatever that means. Thank you. I don't know what to tell you. I feel like that's an achievement. Yeah, hater. Bye. Sorry, you can't. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but yeah, follow me on there. Say hello. Awesome. Um, Irish, do you want to plug anything? Um, just follow me at it's Irish O'Neill on social media. Hell yeah. And I 
Imani Moosh. Look out for if, okay, if the coloring book is done, <laughs> which it will be. See, I told you I would do it. I told you I would do it. It's September. It's definitely past June 30th. Dude, it's out. It's out. It's out. Like I said at the top of this episode, it's out. But in case you missed it, it's out. <laughs> The, the link will be in the description of this podcast. So please check that out. Yes, check it out. I'm Tell me what your favorite page is. Um, yeah, animushmedia.com for all that. And I love you guys. Thank you, Adele. <laughs> thank you for having me. Of course. I hope you come back. Yes, I'll be back. This was fun. Thank you. Thank See you guys next week. Bye. Peace.